Experts are beginning to weigh in on the Sudan crisis as clashes between the army and the RSF, a powerful paramilitary group, enter its second week. Despite both warring parties agreeing to a ceasefire, fighting broke out late Tuesday. People have been staying in their homes for refuge, which means running low on water and food supplies. Others are fleeing to neighbouring countries, such as Chad, Egypt, Ethiopia and South Sudan. As for foreign nationals, many foreign nations have begun evacuation missions for their citizens stuck in the country. Separately, Dr. Nima Saeed Abid, the World Health Organization's representation in Sudan, has also warned that there is a huge biological risk as one of the warring parties, who he did not name, have seized a national health lab that holds samples of deadly diseases such as measles, polio and cholera. Sudan is meant to be holding elections at the end of this year and more importantly, transitioning from military rule to an elected government. It is on this rocky road that the power struggle we are seeing today has been created. You can find out more about this by listening to last week's episode. The number of people killed by these clashes are reported to be over 400, with many suspecting is an understatement and death toll is most likely higher. Sudan's medics have not been able to respond sufficiently because their medical facilities have been affected by the ongoing violence. What next? In his column for The Conversation, Christopher Tunzel, a historian of modern Sudan, says that there doesn't seem to be a short-term solution. And what makes it even more difficult to see an end in sight is the fact that it is between two powerful men who each have their own military on hand. Concerns are now growing that the Sudan crisis may spread and intensify the pre-existing political crisis in neighbouring country Chad.